Well, good morning, everyone. You know, after a, a few uh, hectic weeks uh, of weather, uh, I am so glad that we can get back to some sort of, of normalcy as we conclude uh, our series that we've been going through over the past month as a series on prayer. And if you've somehow missed uh, any of those teachings, uh, for whatever reason, you can go to our website, fortchristian.org slash latest messages, and you can get all uh, caught up there. Uh, but before we dive into today's topic and today's teaching, I want to let you know what we'll be uh, kicking off next week. Uh, next week, we're going to be starting a, a series called Redeeming Rest. Uh, Redeeming Rest. Uh, you know, so much of life is just lived at breakneck speed as we try to balance all of our responsibilities, fulfill all of our obligations, and adhere to the demands of, of other people. That, that rest seems like something that we say, oh, yeah, I'll rest one day, right? I'll rest once all of our boxes that are checked that life requires of us. You know, I'll rest one day when there isn't anything else to do. And so in this four-week series, uh, we're going to talk about this biblical idea of rest and how God desires for all of us to build a routine of rest into the rhythm of our life. I'm excited to have Virgil kick that series off for us next week uh, while myself, Julie, and the kids, uh, we're going to take a long weekend to rest. We'll call it research. Um, however, we still have some work to do today uh, as we dive into what I think is going to be uh, one of the most important teachings that I ever have the opportunity uh, to present. And I want you to notice, keep your scorecards put away. I didn't say the best. Okay, take it easy. Um, but I do think this is going to be one of the most important sermons I ever preach. Over the past three weeks, we've spent a healthy amount of time talking about how we communicate with God. Uh, but today I want to talk about how God communicates to us. And today's teaching is simply titled, God, is that you? God, is that you? I think it's a very fitting title since so many of us struggle to know if what we're he uh, hearing or what we're feeling or experiencing is actually of God or is that our own thoughts? Is that other people's opinions? Is that external factors or something else? A few weeks ago, we mentioned a familiar scenario I think we've all been involved in. Uh, we go to God, we, we pray, we genuinely are asking God for his guidance and involvement in our life, and then uh, we, we wait and wait and wait for an answer, but it seems that we're not as skilled at listening as we are in talking. So we pray and, and we're wondering, God, are you going to nudge me one way or another? And then uh, we get a sign, right? And we think it's a sign, so we're not sure. So we go to God and be like, I asked for a sign, he gave me a sign, can you give me a sign that that's the sign? And I think both God and us end up confused. And so what we're going to talk about today, I think, will clear a lot of that confusion up. I think it's going to give us some essential criteria to ensure, as best we can, uh, that what we are experiencing is from God. And now a little bit of a, of a note before we dive in, and uh, for some of us, this isn't going to be news to you. Uh, for, for many others, I, I think it will be a relief. Uh, here it is. I have never in my life heard the audible voice of God. Never once. I'd probably wet myself and run to the hills if I did, right? I've never heard the audible voice of God. But have I felt God leading and in, in his involvement in my life? Yes. Have I felt God uh, affirm uh, certain decisions, answer certain questions, or bring about certain requests into my life? Yes. Have I went to him and prayed about certain things and with a shat, without a shadow of a doubt, knew that God was clearly, unmistakably answering me? Once again, yes. But have I ever heard the audible voice of God? No. I've not heard God say to me, Josh, yes, Josh, no, Josh, marry Julie, Josh, move to Maryland, Josh, 
by way too small of a house. Josh, have another kid in that house. Like, he doesn't communicate to me like that. And to be clear, we only have two and we're stopped. She's not pregnant, okay? Um, after first service, it was like, so, are you going to tell us what it is? I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no, we're just going to have two and we're done, right? Uh, and, but, but I have, at times, many times, felt like, God, I know that's you. God, that is clearly you. And so today we're going to provide a few criteria or filters that we could call them that we can run what we are experiencing through to make sure as best as we possibly can that it is indeed God who is communicating with us. Uh, But before we jump into that, I I want to make it clear that God wants to communicate with you. God absolutely wants to communicate with you. He's nuts over us. He's head over heels for us. And if we feel that God has never communicated with us, then chances are it's it's not his side of the cans that are faulty. The connection may be on us because God is wanting and willing to communicate with us. The thing is, we have to sit still and be quiet enough to let him speak to us and then be equipped to discern his voice from everything else. In our biblical book of John, we see this scene where Jesus is walking through the temple, which was a highly trafficked religious area. And and as he's strolling around, a group of people approach him and and they demand to know, Jesus, are you really who you say you are? They want to know, Jesus, are are you actually the son of God? Right? They they want to know, are you the real deal? Are you are you fake? Are you phony? Are you a sham? Are you something else? And now I I can't hardly blame them because I would certainly want to know if what I was interacting with, is this holy or or is this phony? Is this of God or is this something clever of man? And responding to their questioning, Jesus gives us this imagery. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And this is such an intriguing response because when they're asking Jesus, are you really who you say you are? Jesus could have just said, yep, it's me, the son of God. Want a picture? Right? He, he could have just said right there, like, this is me. But instead what Jesus does is he addresses the hearts of those who are questioning his holiness. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus draws this conclusion that real authentic believers are going to know the difference between the real deal and a creative imitation. Real believers are going to be able to recognize and apply godly guidance in their lives. Real believers are going to know the right voice to listen to. And in my experience in likely years, that is somewhat easier said than done. And so we're going to provide here now a couple of ways that you can know as best we can that this is God nudging you and not your own feelings and not other external factors. Here's the first way we can do that. God, is that you? Well, is it confirmed in Scripture? Is it confirmed in Scripture? Among the many great reasons to routinely read your Bible, this this is one of them. Because in Scripture, what we call God's Word, we get to know God's character and God's personality displayed over the course of thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That's how we really get to know Him. Regarding Scripture, 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. It's pretty simple. If you want to confirm that you are indeed hearing from God, you can start here by getting to know him through the Bible. It's so essential to get to know this familiarity because God will never tell you to do, think, or say absolutely anything that is contrary to what we read in Scripture. God is holy. 
His ways are perfect. He is unchanging, so he'll never be leading you to do something that goes against the nature of what he's already expressed in the Bible. I actually had a fella come up to me once. He, he wanted to have a counseling session. He said some things were going on in his family, and don't worry, he wasn't here at this church. Uh, and I was like, yeah, and it was probably the shortest counseling session I've ever had. And uh, this guy sat down uh, across from me on a couch. I was at my desk, and and he said, he said this to me, he said, I'm very bored with my marriage. And he said, Josh, I think God is telling me to leave my wife and kids. Nope, I said, <laughs> I said, that's definitely not God because there is nowhere in scripture where God condones a homewrecker or that heart, right? Shortest counseling session I've ever had. That was not God you were hearing from and you would not pull that from scripture. Right, maybe a little bit less dramatic. Maybe you feel that God is leading you to, you know, you just want to go off on that person who rightly deserves it. And, and, and you know they're wrong and you're like, I feel like God's leading me to just really confront them. They need to hear this. And yeah, there may be people God is, is leading you to speak hard truth to, but according to Ephesians 4.15, it says instead, it's instead of being immature, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And you may feel that God is, is calling you to, to, to leave that church, leave that group. You know what? Get away from that club or organization. And, you know, I think God's calling me to do this in an unhealthy way. Well, God could be calling you towards a new and specific direction, but I can promise you he's not calling you to do it in a contentious manner. Romans twelve eighteen, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. No matter what you're going through, you can ask, like, what does God want me to do? Well, Here's one of them. He, he's leading you to, to be at peace with everyone as much as it is up to you. There's probably an answer to some of our prayers. Or maybe you find yourself spending time with people who don't help you become more like Jesus. They don't help you or inspire you to show Jesus' love to the world. Maybe it's those people that you used to run with and you, you probably have at one point. I know I've done this in my life before where we try to justify having those unhealthy friendships because we're like, well, you know, I'm a missionary to them. Like God wants me to show them Jesus. But they're making you become less like Jesus. Well, I don't know if God's calling you to do that according to the book of Ephesians, which tells us since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. And we could go on and on here. We could provide hundreds of examples, but the point being, if, if you have a thought, whatever it is, and you're wondering, is this from God or not? You can look it up in the Bible and you can settle that right away. You can confirm it in scripture. Here's another one. God, is that you? Well, does it lead you towards the fruit of the spirit? Does it lead you towards the fruit of the spirit? Undoubtedly, some of the tension that we face is there's a lot of gray areas in our life that scripture just doesn't flat out speak on. Does God want us to buy this house or that house? Does God want me to change my job? God, do you want me to pursue this friendship or this relationship? God, do you... Do you want me to go to this college, this university, or, or take up a trade instead? We as God's children, we should seek out God with those types of prayers, asking for his involvement in our real life scenarios. But it seems like we're in a bit of a fog when kind of deciphering the nudges and his answer. And this is where the fruit of the Spirit is our ally in sorting out God's voice from everything else. And let me tell you, when it comes to my prayer life, the practice that we're about ready to talk about has helped me understand what God wants me to do in all kinds of details in my life more than anything else I've ever done. It's been so important for my life. Now, we read about the, these fruits in the book of Galatians. 
says, but the Holy Spirit, it's talking about God's spirit, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what the book of Galatians is saying is when you are in a relationship with God, when you are in step with him, when you are in tune with him, his spirit will provide that type of fruit, or, or we can say those type of characteristics in your life. And so why is this important? Because God will, will never lead you away from the fruit he is trying to produce in your life. He's never going to lead you away from what he's already trying to do in your life. He's never going to come into conflict with himself. All right, so, so let's hit on a few of those examples before and, and how they'd work through this practice. So uh, maybe right now you're like, oh, God, I know you're up to some big things up there. Um, but question, should we buy a new house? And more specifically, the one in Falston or the one in Bel Air. God, could you please give me an answer? And we're waiting and, and we want God to be like the one at the pool. But he's not said anything yet. And you're wondering like, well, does he even care? Well, when we put this into practice, what we see is that by purchasing whatever home it is, the one in Bel Air, the one in Falston, will that purchase allow you to love people better? Will that purchase allow you to develop any of the other characteristics mentioned in Galatians 5? Well, there's maybe your answer. God, do you want me to change my job? You're not going to get an audible voice booming down, yes or no. What you can do is ask yourself, will changing your job bring you more peace? Not so much, don't focus on the, on the money or the extra hours, the added responsibility, but would that new job bring more joy and more peace into your family for, for your spouse, for your kids? You can have your answer right there just by considering the fruits of the Spirit. God, do you want me to pursue this friendship or do you want me to even be in this relationship? Well, ask yourself, will that relationship or friendship help you to be more faithful to Christ? Will it grow you in your faithfulness? Will it help you to develop your self-control? There's your answer. God, do you want me to attend this specific school or this university or to take up a trade? Well, spend some time looking at the fruits of the Spirit and pray over that and, and see where you think God is leading you. Because I tell you, this, this tension we live in is that we want to involve God into these real-life scenarios, but we can't open the, the biblical book of Matthew and be like, I knew it, you want, me to dump, you want me to dump Nancy, God? I see, it's right there, right? You're not going to open up in the Psalms and God be like, go to Towson. Whoop, whoop. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. God's, you know, not going to go to Revelation and be like, the, the one with the gazebo. That's the house, sweetie. That's the one he wants us to buy. Like, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about those decisions in your life. He cares a lot about them, and he wants to be involved. So as you pray, ask yourself, does it lead you towards the fruit of the Spirit? You know, Don't be too surprised if God's answer to your prayer falls in line with what he is already trying to produce in your life. Here's one more. God, is that you? Is it confirmed by godly people? Is it confirmed by godly people? You think you're experiencing a nudge, you're wondering, God, is this you or not? Well, is it confirmed by godly people? Christian community is so, so, so important. And I want to be clear that people outside of faith can be kind-hearted. People outside of faith can be brilliant. People outside of faith can love you and want what's best for your life. But you have to understand that people who don't live by faith march to a different tune than we do. God has an agenda for your life that the godless won't always understand. 
I'm going to say it again. God has an agenda for your life that those who are not connected with him just won't understand. So we got to be really cautious about involving and applying non-spiritual wisdom to our spiritual self and thinking that it's somehow going to draw us closer to God's plan for our lives. This is just one reason why we need the church in deep, loving relationships with one another. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, writes, God's purpose in all this, and he's talking about God's plan that he's trying to bring into the world, and it's everything from all the big things that have happened for thousands of years, even down to the decisions you and I make every day that we can involve God in. He's saying God's purpose in all of this was to use the church, you and I, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. A foundational piece of knowing what God wants to do in your life is going to come from seeking out the wisdom of your church family. To just go to godly people, people you trust, and just say, hey, I want to talk with you about something. I feel like God is nudging me in this direction, or I've been praying a lot, and and I, I need some clarity here. I feel like this is what God is telling me to do. What do you think? Can you be praying about this for me? And genuinely listen to what they have to say and pray over it. This is how God has designed us to work. So is God speaking to you? Well, is it confirmed by godly people? God, is that you? Will it require faith? And this is probably the most difficult one to wrestle with. We can go to scripture, right? Pretty easily, right? We, we can look at a list of characteristics and see what ones those would instill in us. We can go to people and ask their opinion, but boy, is it hard to live by faith. But here is why this point is so important. Because God doesn't call us to be comfortable. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. There's this strand of, of following Jesus, this strand of Christianity to where when people feel comfortable, they think that God is just shining his love on their life. And God doesn't call us to be comfortable. And I know that can be jarring to, to hear, but, but God loves us so much. And he really does. He's head over heels nuts for us. But his, our comfort isn't his top priority for our lives. It's just not. Instead, what we often see is that God calls us beyond our capabilities. God calls us beyond our preferences and even beyond our safety. So his power can be undoubtedly displayed in our lives for the whole world to see. If we think that God is calling us to be comfortable, we may miss how he is speaking to us and what he is asking us to do. We may miss the whole trajectory of our life. So ask yourself, will it require faith? Because oftentimes, I'd say God's plans feel like too much. Oftentimes, God's plan for our life, it seems a bit too scary. A lot of times, the things God's asking us to do, it seems a little too risky, which is why we're going to have to trust him and lean into his power to take the next step. Now, last week, towards the end of our teaching, we highlighted Romans 8.28. It's a very popular and empowering verse. And today, I want us to look not only at verse 28 again, but verse 29 that follows as well. It reads like this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And here's that second verse. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, Jesus. 
So through all of the good in your life and through all of the bad in your life, God knew what he was doing with you from the very beginning of time. And his goal above everything else for your life is to shape you to resemble his son, Jesus Christ. And I can tell you that will take an incredible amount of uncomfortable faith. Now, for those of us who have given our lives to God, that we should be so encouraged knowing that the, the, the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe is absolutely in love with us and he wants to speak into our lives and all the big and small decisions, we should be going to him all the time because of how willing he is to communicate with us. But for those of us who have yet to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, for those of us who have maybe never entered into a relationship with God, the, the hard truth is that you cannot have God's guidance without a relationship with God. You can only run off your wisdom and the wisdom of other people. If you don't have a relationship with God, you don't get his guidance. And if you're watching online and you're not in a relationship with God and you desperately want to be, you want that guidance in your life, uh, we have pastors online watching right now. You can just click request prayer and they'll be there in seconds to talk with you about that. Or if you're here with us, um, I'd love to meet you in the, through the double doors in the connect room. Uh, just to talk with you about what a relationship with Jesus looks like because uh, I, I want you to know his love and, and I hope you want to be guided by the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe and know his plans for your life. So I'd love to have that conversation with you. But for all of us, I, I really hope that you've found that these past four weeks have not only equipped you to communicate with God, but I hope today it's going to help you to put these things into practice and, and, and to really pick out his voice from our own thoughts, from the noise of the world, and even those people who may have the best intentions for us. Let's pray together. God, I, it just blows my mind when I slow down enough to think about it that when we speak, you listen. You love us that much. You, you want to be that close to us. And God, I know in my own life, there's so many times I rely on everything else but your words. I, I put myself in a position where I, at times, ask you to come, come across you know, or alongside my clever ideas. And I don't give enough time to slow down and really figure out, is that you? Is that you nudging me? Is that you leading me? Or is that, is that my feelings? Is that other people's opinions of my life? But above everything else, for all of us, your opinion on the direction of our life in all the big ways and small ways has to be the most important thing for us. God, I know many of us, we, we pray and at times we think you're just remaining silent and we wonder if we screwed up less or did more good things, then you'd speak up. But God, may we trust that if you're silent, you're doing something in that silence. You're still loving us in that silence. And I know the uncomfortable reality is I think at times, God, we pray to you. We ask you, do you want me to do this or that? Go here or there. And you give us freedom. Sometimes your silence is loving freedom. You just want us to take you wherever we go and love people well while we're there. God, thank you for wanting to be a part of our lives. May we not just be the ones talking, but, but may we get good at listening and apply the wisdom that you've taught us today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.